Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Paul Etchison. We're here on Monday, November 15th. I hope everybody is good. Everything is good with me and the practice and the family. Everybody's good. You know, we're going to have our biggest month ever in November. I mean, November is always like a decent month, but it's never been like our biggest month because we're we're off for Thanksgiving and, you know, we have to take some time off. But we are literally going to produce, if nothing changes, $540,000 this month. I would have never, ever thought my practice would ever reach those heights, those numbers. So it's just crazy to me that we are able to, most of all, like, I mean, help that many people. That's just what's really cool. Like, we are such a big part of this community, and and I just love it. I just love being at the practice. So, I mean, it's we're having a great November. I hope you're having a great November as well. I know a lot of people, September kind of lagged into October, and everyone's like, kind of, man, October kind of sucked too. And, and ours wasn't the greatest either, but, you know, November is killing it. You know, I want to talk today, people always ask me, it's almost coming up on a year since I partnered with MB2. And people always ask me, how is it? Like, how, do, how does it feel? And not so much about like, what does MB2 do for me? But like, how does it feel since you're selling? Because one of these things as practice owners, we always think about is like, man, that one day I get to hang it up, that one day I sell the practice, that one day I ride off into the sunset, what's it going to be like? What does it feel like? I, I want to talk about what it's been like for me to partner up with a DSO, specifically MB2. And, and I kind of want to emphasize the idea of your practice is like a mountain and, and the higher you get up on that mountain, the less noise that's up there. So I'm, I'm come back to that. So let me talk about a few things about partnering with the DSO and it, it, this will be helpful even if you're not even thinking about it, but you can just, I'm just going to share my experience here. So, I mean, there's that strength in numbers things. I mean, we, we get the supply costs, we get that working with labs, things like that, you know, the savings like that. I mean, you know, one thing I really liked was the handling of policy. So like, how do we do this with COVID? What is going on with this mandate? What do we do with HR when I have issues? I want to do this by the book. Like, what I have an HR team that can answer questions for me? The laws, the regulations, the millions of signs and weird stuff that wasn't in our OSHA book and evacuation routes. I, you just weird stuff that you're probably supposed to have that we never have. And you'll probably never ever get caught for it. But if you did, it would really stink, you know? Like those things, all these like documents in our OSHA book, these HIPAA trainings, these special HIPAA things to do, legal things with, with upset patients, refunding patients, dealing with all this different stuff. You know, it's great to have that strength in numbers. But two things that happened this year was insurance fee schedules. I mean, there was two major insurance carriers that kind of just slashed their fee schedules for being in-network PPO. And we just said, you know, our organization just said, no, not today. And we didn't get affected by that. So that's another thing. And I don't know what the trend's going to be in dentistry, but it feels good to be part of a group. It, it really does. So, you know, I, I'm happy at that. I feel at rest. I know someone's got my back. I know I'm part of a larger group. You know, I'm not going to get eaten up. I'm not trying to fear monger by any means. I'm just sharing what I really like about being part of a DSO. So the next thing, it's having somebody assigned to my practice. I have to have a one meeting every month with somebody that we're going to go through the P&L. We're going to go through the numbers. And, you know, I know I should be doing this on my own, regardless of somebody making me do it. But it forces me to look at the numbers and continue to do that because sometimes we get bogged down with, remember the noise I was talking about? Yeah, we get bogged down with that and we get bogged down with the clinical and we stop doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, like look at that. So I like that someone holds me accountable to do that. One of the biggest things I love about being part of a DSO and specifically MB2 is the investment opportunities. I mean, I get to invest my money in MB2 and each time they recapitalize, I, I get a pretty big payday and 
if I want to, I can take that money and pay taxes on it, or I can just roll it forward for the next recapitalization. And it's really a very large part of my investment mix that I have currently, and I really like it. And you can continue it to put money into it and you continue to grow with the the DSO because you know it's a working model. I don't know if it's going to be like that forever. I don't know if the returns are going to be there like they are now in 20 years from now, but they, they sure as shit are here now. So I love being part of that. I love having another asset class to invest in. I mean, I love multifamily real estate too. I have a little bit in stocks. I feel like I need a little bit more in stocks right now because I'm a little illiquid, but that's a whole nother story. But I love being able to invest in MB2 and the returns are amazing. And and that may be one of the best parts of it is just being able to do that. Another thing is just the emotional part of it. You know, I talked about this mountain and then the noise. And I want you to think about this mountain. You're leading your team up the mountain, right? So I'm I'm charging ahead. I'm leading my team up the mountain. And every now and then I got to turn around and see how everybody's doing. I got to see how how things are going. And every now and then I got to turn around and go all the way back down to the bottom of the mountain, just see how our things are going down there because I can't really see them from the top of the mountain. I have to go and see how things are doing back there. So what the hell are you talking about, Etch? Let me explain, okay? Let me explain why this matters and why this is part of my practice sale. So selling equity has essentially allowed me to relinquish more control to my team, not to MB2, okay? MB2 does not control me. That was one of the things why I partnered with them is just because I, and I talked to a bunch of different DSOs. A lot of them were like, hey, we're going to grow your practice. We're going to do our systems. We're going to come in there and train your team. And I didn't want that. I want to run my practice. And MB2 is like, we will partner with you. We will help you in all regards that you want to be helped. But we're not going to be in there telling your team to do stuff. We're not going to be in there telling you that you need to do more SRP and more Perio. I'm not talking about relinquishing control to the DSO. I'm talking about relinquishing control to my team. I give more responsibilities now, and I trust my team a lot more. Not that I didn't trust them before, but I just couldn't do that when I owned 100% of it. Okay, So selling equity and partnering up has really allowed me to do that more. So imagine this, and you're probably in this situation. Imagine this, this is where I was. 85% of my wealth was tied up in the practice. Now you can delegate. Now I was still a big delegator. I was still delegating a lot of things. You can delegate, you can give autonomy to your team, but the thing is, it's still scary when 85% of your wealth, you, you can't just like go home and not think about it. You can't just be like, what? I'm not going to think about the practice, everything. There's so much riding on it. The risk is so high. So when you sell equity, you're allowed to kind of like just breathe a little bit and be like, you know what? The risk is lower now. I don't own as much of the practice. I can relinquish control to my team and I can get out of that noise, you know? So I'm leading my team. I'm up the mountain. I'm turning around. I'm talking to my team. I'm talking to my leads for the most part. But, you know, every now and then I come down and I I talk to my team and I see how things are going at the bottom of the mountain. Not saying like the bottom, like there's like a hierarchy or anything like that, but it's just like I do one-on-ones with my team. I always talk about doing one-on-ones. I just did one with someone at my front desk the other week, and it was great. It was just, it's, this is someone that's not the most vocal. And what I mean by that is, you know how the squeaky wheel gets the grease. This is someone who's just very content, a very great attitude, a very great worker, great with the patients, but she's somebody who just doesn't complain. And sometimes when you have team members like that, they're, they're the best. But sometimes they fly under the radar, and you don't really spend a whole lot of time talking with them. And 
it was just great to have this one-on-one with her. And I love coming down and talking to my team, helping people grow, find out how things are going. So you have to turn around and come all the way down the mountain sometimes. But for the most part, I'm up there above the noise. I'm talking to my leads. And that's about it. And I just couldn't relinquish the control when I owned 100% of the practice. Now, could I have? Yes. I could have done it. The mechanics are there. The mechanics are the same. But I just couldn't emotionally do it. And as much as I could tell you that I was delegating and I was doing very little to practice, it still occupied a very large portion of my mind when I went home. And that's because there was so much riding on it. 85% of my wealth was in that thing. You don't just give something important to somebody else and let them play with it and, and not even pay attention to what's going on there. You know, you have to be thinking about it all the time. So my whole point is that when I partnered with MB2, I was able to go home and not worry about it. Now, do I worry about the practice? Yeah, I do. I worry about things that happen there. But I feel more above the noise than I ever have been before. And that's what happens when you get up higher on that mountain. There's just less going on. You're not worrying about the day-to-day, the minutiae. You're just leading your team up that mountain, occasionally turning around and seeing how things are going. And relinquishing the control is something that has been allowed to me because I have sold equity. Now, I don't want to give the impression that since I sold equity, I don't give a shit about the practice. I very, very much care about the practice, but it just occupies a different emotional space in my mind because the risk is lower. So that's kind of been my experience and and it just feels so good. I mean, I'm really enjoying life. I'm really enjoying being at the practice the time that I'm there and I'm more present at home just because I'm above that noise and partnering has allowed me to do that. So it was a hard decision for me. If anyone wants to talk about it, I mean, obviously reach out to me. I want to help you with your decision there's no right and there's no wrong. And I think that's the hardest part about selling your practice is that there's no really, it's like, okay, now is the time you check the boxes. It's time to do it. There's, you know, there's always that thing. Should I grow more? Should I wait? It was more of a psychological thing than it was truly a numbers. And this is the right thing to do now because there's, there's never a right time. It's both decisions, keeping the practice or selling the practice. Both were great decisions. So If I could help anybody with that, just reach out to me, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. I would love to help you at least kind of sort some ideas and figure out where you are and what you want to do and stuff. And if anyone wants to talk specifically about MB2, always happy to do that. You guys have a great Thanksgiving next week. You know, be thankful for uh, your team, for your family, for the people that love you. You're blessed. We are very blessed. We are in a great profession. We are in the greatest profession ever. I, I love being a dentist. I love owning my practice and you know just be thankful for life you know we've got so many blessings sometimes it's easy to get sucked in and get pulled down by all that noise that i keep talking about but just reflect on thanksgiving be thankful we live a great life we are very blessed all right we will talk to you next time take care